Hi, welcome to Plenty. I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest. Her name is Vasavi Kumar. She is the author of Say It Out Loud, Using the Power of Your Voice to Listen to Your Deepest Thoughts and Courageously Pursue Your Dreams. Her work has been featured on NBC, Wall Street Journal, and more. She's an MC. She's a speaker. She's a voiceover artist. She is a therapist. She's a coach. Um, she's also a trained wedding officiant, which you're going to hear about. Also, I, I, I just love this woman. She is so funny. She's so honest. She really keeps it real about her sex life in this episode, about some of the struggles she's gone through in the past with addiction, uh, struggling with mental health uh, issues and bipolar being in and out of rehab twice, how she overcame that, what she did about it to get her the life that she really loves now, which is extraordinary. She has become a real estate investor and she has a really unique methodology that she talks about in the book and that we talk about quite a bit and why it works so well, which is about using the tool of saying things out loud. Now, as I said, I was doubtful at first. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be effective. But listen into the episode, listen to these tools and start practicing them because they may very well, just like they have for me, add an added element of power to the healing and growth work that you're already doing in your life and accelerate your results. So I am so excited to introduce you to Vasavi Kumar. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Plenty. I'm your host, Kate Northrup, and together we are going on a journey to help you have an incredible relationship with money, time, and energy, and to have abundance on every possible level. Every week, we're going to dive in with experts and insights to help you unlock a life of plenty. Let's go fill our cups. Please note that the opinions and perspectives of guests on the Plenty Podcast are not necessarily reflective of the opinions and perspectives of Kate Northrup or anyone who works within the Kate Northrup brand. Welcome! Yeah. Well, Thanks for being here. I am so happy to have flown in from Austin, Texas just to be next to you. I'm honored to hold hands. Yes. <laughs> so good. Okay, so we met like a very long time ago at mm -hmm. World Domination Summit. Isn't that where we met for the first time? Yeah, I was actually roomies with Selena Sue, who's a mutual friend. Yes. That's the first time Selena and I actually became friends. We were roommates. Oh my gosh. I saw you sitting with Mike. You're, yes. He was not your husband he at the time. He was not my husband at the time. And I was such a fan of you and I came over and I was like, hi Kate, my name is Vasavi. And I was just, I introduced oh my myself gosh. to you, yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. And then and then we connected. You came on and recorded one of my money love stories mm -hmm. when I was promoting yes. my first book, yeah. Money Love Story. And then we just have yeah. stayed in touch over the years, which has been so much fun. And you published your first book this year, which is a really big deal. Thank you. Say it out loud. Yes. You've done a lot of personal growth. You've been through mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. Mental health journey, addiction journey, mm -hmm. all sorts of really beautiful work that you've done. Thank you. At what point along the way did it occur to you that you should do any of it out loud alone? Because of course we do work out loud with, an, with mm -hmm. a therapist or in, all the time. Mm -hmm. But like, what occurred? How did that happen? How did that occur to you? So I actually started to talk to myself out loud yeah. when I was 19 years old. Uh -huh. I was diagnosed with bipolar yeah. disorder and I had a lot of mania mm -hmm. and so I had a lot of racing thoughts mm -hmm. and I remember I was driving on the Long Island Expressway mm -hmm. and I was like okay I can slow down my thoughts if I just mm -hmm. say them out loud one by one wow. because they all were coming so fast my brain works very quickly yeah it's slowed down now because I am on medication and I feel much more regulated having been on medication now for about six months. But I just started to say each of these thoughts out loud and I started to make sense out of the voices in my head. And I realized I could, I could organize the thoughts in my mind by getting them out of my head and out loud so I could hear them. Yes. And then by doing that, I could say, well, this thought is not relevant right now. This thought is not urgent right now. This can be filed somewhere else. So I started this, you know, 21 years ago. That's amazing. Yeah. And you just started it. I just started. It just, I had you to. You just started it one day. You just started doing it. I no had one to told learn. you. No. Do this stuff out loud. No. Yeah. And honestly, 
Okay, so like, yes, Louise Hay, you know, talks about mirror work. Mm-hmm. Well, talked. Okay. You know, may she rest in peace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lulu. So she talked about like, you know, saying I love you in the mirror mm-hmm. and certainly like talking out loud with that. Regina, Mama Gina mm-hmm. has talked about this process called spring cleaning mm-hmm. and you can spring clean by yourself. But you are really the only person that I know of mm-hmm. who has like an entire methodology mm-hmm. about doing self-healing work out loud. Thank you. And it's pretty, I mean, it's very different. It's, and I was, I will be perfectly honest with you. I was like, okay, I don't know if this is for me. Yeah. But I've been trying a little bit. Okay. And I really like it. And one thing I've been doing every morning that you suggest in the book is to say thank you out loud every morning when you wake up. Yeah. And I've been doing it and it feels great. So thank you. For that. You're welcome. I just think we have to remember to say thank you to be alive another day. Yeah. Well, I always would say it in my head. Yes. Always. Yeah. I would wake up. And in fact, you were you mentioned Deb Kern before we started recording. Yeah. And she has this song that she often plays in dance mm-hmm. classes. You might remember it. Mm-hmm. It's like, thank you for this day, yeah. spirit. Thank you for mm-hmm. this day. So often I sing that song in my head in the morning. But I had never said it out loud. And it really is different. So tell me about what you know about the brain and mm-hmm. consciousness and why it matters to say something verbally versus inside your mind silently. So for me personally, as someone who has a barrage of thoughts at any given time, it's really important for me that my mind stays organized and clear. I have a mission on this planet. I want to be able to fulfill my purpose, whatever that is in whatever season. I need to stay clear and I need to stay calm. When I keep all these thoughts in my head, and I have lots of them, I have thoughts from the past, I have worries of the future, I have anxieties of the present, and I'm like, what am I, you know, I have to say it out loud so I can declutter my mind. The other thing is, it's very easy for me to lie to myself. I can easily just stay in denial. As someone who was in denial about her cocaine addiction, I mean, I... I had, I, I, I always say I never had a rock bottom, I had a high bottom because I didn't really lose it all. I was in a lot of denial even with my addiction and so for me it's really important that I say my thoughts out loud because once you actually hear yourself saying it, you can't unhear it. You cannot lie to yourself when you say it out loud. So for me, it keeps me honest. Yeah. 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 And, and it's a way to, you know, have you ever read The Untethered Soul? Yes. Okay. I have not in all honesty, okay. but I, <laughs> I love that you're asking. Just saying. I did read The Surrender Experiment, which is about, did you read The Surrender no, Experiment? No, no. Okay. Also by Mickey Singer. I highly recommend, but it's about the story of what happened in his, in his life leading up to the publication of The Untethered mm-hmm. Soul and afterwards. But anyway, in a lot of his work, he talks about the witness consciousness mm-hmm. and how it's like we have our, you know, we are consciousness and we have our ability to witness mm-hmm. our thoughts. And that's very tricky to do when you're inside your head and both you're just thinker, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, and the witness consciousness mm-hmm. are in there at the same time. But like, I, you know, it's like, oh, hello, just say the thoughts out loud. And then it's very easy to separate the witness consciousness yes. from the thoughts. Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, like when, when I am in my head, when I t- have a tendency to be an overthinker, I can overthink mm-hmm. the hell out of anything. When I say the thing out loud, then I have my wise consciousness come in and be like, no, 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 that's not right. Or like, right. no, that's not good for you, Vas. You don't want to do that. I often talk to myself. And you'll have a dual conversation. I will have a dual conversation out loud because there's the ego part of me that's like, you know, very resistant or very attached to doing something a certain way. But then my God consciousness comes in and it's like, no, it's much more calm. It's much more serene, much more reliable, I would say, than the thoughts in my head that just want to keep convincing me otherwise. And did you ever find, were you ever a journaler? I've never really been a journaler. You're not a journaler. So that way doesn't work for you. Because some people find that they can access sort of that witness consciousness through journaling and like hear themselves and witness themselves in a different way. So I actually verbally journal. So yeah. So totally. It's like, how am I feeling today? Well, today I'm, you know, hot, a little tired. Mm -hmm. I've been up early in the morning. I'm feeling relaxed, a little anxious right now, you know, and I'm, and then I'm hearing myself saying this and I'm like, well, why do you feel a little uneasy? I can actually have a conversation with myself. So great. It is so weird though. great for self-awareness. Yeah, it, it's super weird and yeah. I love it. I love it so much. No, there's so much in here that I didn't, you know, 
I've been around in this space for yes. a long time. Mm -hmm. I will be honest. Yeah. It's rare for somebody to do something that's different. Yeah. It's so refreshing to read a book that's different. Thank you. So yeah, thank you for writing. Yeah. Thank you for digging a little, a little deeper and like coming up with something. I swear I'm not bonkers. Totally it's new. Just... <laughs> well, you're not bonkers at all. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. It's very smart actually. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about your relationship with surrender. Okay. And I think that there's a misunderstanding we have in our culture mm -hmm. around surrender. Mm -hmm. And you are very ambitious. You're very smart, very successful. Thank you. And come from a pretty hardworking family, it seems. Yes, my parents are immigrants <laughs> from India. My mm -hmm. mom is now a retired cardiologist. My uh -huh. father was a CPA. They both were in private practice and yeah. they both did very well for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Was there was there pressure for you mm -hmm. growing up around success? Yeah, it wasn't just success in terms of like money and career. It was more of just how to be. There was a lot of pressure on how we should be as Hindu women, Hindu Brahmin women. Our family's the highest in the caste system. Mm -hmm. We're Brahmins and we have a certain elitist attitude to us, which I'm not proud of. But with that comes a lot of pressure of how we should and shouldn't be. And I still have to dismantle a lot of it. I mean, I'm still working through it. There are still things that I'm like, am I allowed to do this as an Indian woman? You know, so I'm still working through that. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's every day. It's an everyday unlearning. I think that's so true for yeah. so many of us for a variety of yeah. reasons. Yeah. Um, is there anything in particular right now that you're like, I know for me right now, I'm really working with my good girl conditioning and really unlearning mm -hmm. like so many of the things that I thought just were yeah. in terms of like what is right and what is wrong. And it's wild to be, you know, 40 and being like, whoa, like yeah. that's just conditioning. Like that's not me. Is there anything in particular that you're just like actively chewing on around that kind of conditioning for you of what it means to be a Hindu Brahmin woman? If you really want to know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I haven't had sex since August uh -huh. and I'm a very sexual person. Uh -huh. And I've been working through the guilt slash shame of the fact that like, I need to have sex, yeah. like with somebody, yeah. not just anybody though, right? Like I need Probably. an emotion. And <laughs> yeah. I can hear my mother's voice in my head saying like, just just work. Like, why are you, why do you care so much about sex? Like, mm, like what is that? Like that kind of disdain. Even when I was seven years old, my mother caught me masturbating mm -hmm. and she said to me, don't masturbate, like just study, like focus on studying, focus on studying, you know, like just just don't do that. You know, of course, I didn't listen to her because right. I love my pleasure. Right. But yeah, now I'm just kind of like, man, I'm I'm like ready for a relationship. I know I want that, you know. So, yeah, I'm just working through the fact that I do want to be married again. Yeah. I do want to be in a relationship with somebody, you know, and working through like, no, Voss, your point in life is not just to work all the time and be successful. That's great. You, I want the love. I want that. But I yeah. could, you know, I don't have the pressure from my parents anymore to like get married and be settled down. I have more of the, well, you're divorced now. You know what I mean? So just, you're just going to be single. So just work. So just work. I mean, I'm 41. I've never wanted children. So it's like, well, why do you need to be in a relationship then type of conversation? internally is what I'm working through. Uh -huh. So you're yeah. talking to yourself about that out loud when it comes up. Yeah, I want to have sex and I yeah. want to be in a relationship yeah, and yeah. I want to feel all the things that your, you know, past guest Ruthie Lindsay was talking about. <laughs> she was talking about that kind of love that she's had and it's I'm a beautiful just beautiful like, story. Beautiful story. I, I want that. Yeah. I want someone to look at me like that. Yeah. So I'm owning that more in this beautiful. season. And I can't wait to share my love out loud. Oh I'm going God. to. Oh, I can only imagine oh, yeah. what that would be like. I mean, I'm only ready. as a friend, yeah. like I receive quite a bit of love from you. You're yeah. very generous Thank you. with your verbal, like verbal. Yes effusiveness yes it's such a gift thank you so much yeah 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 it's yeah. really great i just don't think we should withhold it if we see it and we feel it like no just like say it yeah if i see something say something yes exactly <laughs> yes not just about dangerous things right. but like people no, no, that are beautiful yeah love and yeah. about beauty yeah. okay so i got off track but i was asking you about surrender and mm -hmm. you talked about in the book surrender and weakness and and like our power and mm -hmm. so I think something that we misunderstand is that if we surrender, it's a sign of weakness mm -hmm. and it's a way of giving away our power or it's like a disconnection from our power. I would love to know what's been your experience in your journey, or at least the part you wrote about in the book, or feel free to talk mm -hmm. about something else, with needing to surrender and how that's helped you access something that trying to control things didn't. I am brought to the story in 2019 when I had to go back to rehab for the second time. 
I'm going to be five years sober in March. And Congratulations. Thank you. And I remember just thinking, walking in there, being like, ugh, I don't need to be here. Like, why am I in here? You know, I was a former TV host. Like, I, you know, why, why am I here with all these people? And I remember my counselor, Carl, was like, you clearly don't know what the hell you're doing because you're back here again for the second time in a matter of seven months. And I said to him, what do I have to do to never have to come back here again? I'm never stepping foot in a rehab center ever again. And he said, work through all the steps, go to all the AA meetings, work with your sponsor, do all the things. And I did. I did exactly what he told me to do. And I haven't touched cocaine in five years. So, wow. yeah. And so I, I had to surrender to the fact that, and it was very humbling for me to say, I don't know what I'm doing because if I knew what I was doing, if I would know how to manage my life. I would know I, I, I would know how to deal with life in a better way instead of ending back up in rehab. Mm -hmm. That by far for me, like that's why for me, if, if I don't have the answer to something, I don't try to force it. I let it go and I say, God, give me somebody that's gonna help me. Somebody out there is gonna help me. And I trust that implicitly, mm. yeah. That's beautiful. Thanks. And then you'll find them. They'll come. Through, they show up. Always. Always. How long have you been practicing that? I'm going to say five years now because okay. up until that time. That was the time. Up until that time, I was half-assing it, if I'm being completely honest. I would always say God is my number one, but I'd always have a man who took the place of God, always. I would always have my relationship be in the place of God or having a drug or, or alcohol or something or, or money in the place of God. But for me now, I have like numero uno relationship is no human being. It's going to be my relationship with a God of my understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you were raised Hindu. I was raised Hindu, yeah. Is that still a belief system yes. that you're, okay, great. Yeah. So that's like your understanding of God is in, in like part of your faith. Yes. And the ultimate like understanding of being a Hindu, as my mother has always taught us, is Tattvamasi in Sanskrit means I am that. So we don't believe in a separation between us and God. We do believe we are God. Yeah. So that for me, she taught me that when I was four. Ugh. You know, so what I gift. just, yeah. I'm That's really so beautiful. Yeah. And so when you were in your addiction, when you were mm -hmm. in, you know, your various struggles and, you know, also, I just want to say this. In these moments of like having a conversation after someone's had a book come out. Yeah. I also feel like there's this illusion, which I want to call out in this moment of like the story ended somehow. Yeah. But I am fully aware that you wrote this book and then it came out and that was like, now it's kind of old news because now yeah. you're onto a different story. Yeah. So just knowing that like, you know, I, I, I know that it's like the story of becoming, it's the story yeah. of evolution and we're always like working on something new. Yeah. But in that, were you in, in like specifically around addiction, were you, did you remember what your mom had taught you? Did you remember, like, was there, were there particular moments when you remembered like, oh yeah, I am God, like, did you, you know what I mean? Not Does at first. Does this question make sense? No, it, it totally makes sense. <laughs> no, it totally makes sense. And I didn't remember at first. Yeah. I started to remember it the more I learned how to love myself. So mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know this, but when I got out of rehab, my mom financially took care of me for about six to seven months. She said, I don't want you to work. Thank God. She's like, I don't want you to work. I just need you to learn how to love yourself. And I was like, wow. Yeah, that's what, so I'm, I'm very grateful. I'm very blessed. I Googled, how do I love myself? I really didn't know. I thought I knew. None of us really knows. And the first blog article that came up that had suggested to start hydrating in the morning. Oh. And that's what I did. I go, That's fine. actually a great suggestion. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so we're going to start from the very beginning, aren't we? So I started <laughs> I from the very beginning. And the more I started mm. to pour that love into myself, the more I started to feel expansive, the more I started to feel the God within me. So I did not remember that right away. I had to feel it more than I had to remember it, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I love that hydration was one of your yeah. first steps because the truth is loving ourselves is very, like can be very basic and we can make anything an act of yes. self-love. It's all about the intention that we share. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I love that you share in the book is, is to um, say it out loud and speak to yourself with these different kind of voices with yes. these different kind of personas. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about a few of your favorite personas yeah. or kinds of voices to use and when you might use different ones? Yeah. So first of all, I am a voiceover artist. Yes. 
So I love to play with my voice. I get paid to play with my voice. I have two specific voices. One is when I'm faced with resistance. I call it the voice of gentle determination. I'm firm with myself and I'm also very gentle with myself. So that may sound like, Vasavi, get your ass up. Let's go. You know, I know that that is coming from love, right? Like you have to speak to yourself in a way that works for you. If I say to myself, get your butt up, I know that it's coming from a good place. The other one is a playful voice. So when I'm feeling anxious, like if I have a public speaking event, I have something coming up in a few days. I was super anxious about it. And I was just like rehearsing back and forth. And I just stopped. And I was like, how can we have more fun with this public speaking event? Like, how can we have more fun with this keynote? And I just started playing with my voice, like how I was introducing myself and stop being serious as a judge. Like I was just just trying to be more playful with myself. So that may look like modulating your voice, modulating your pitch, your tempo, your volume. And yeah, you get to play with your voice. And that really can determine the action that you take or don't take. That is so cool. Yeah. So cool. Think about what we do with kids. When you're trying to convince your kids to do something, you have to play with your voice. I mean, because they're not going to always Yeah. 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 Well, I was thinking, as you were saying about how could we do this more playfully, there's a... uh, parenting, you know, technique Mm -hmm. called play listening. And so with, there's uh, two, and I don't remember who came up with these, but um, one is stay listening and one is play listening. So stay listening is like when your kid, their emotional cup is full and they need to dump it. And so it's really just like being there for their feelings. And when they're little, little, it's mostly just being there for the crying. But uh, as my kids have gotten older, it's it's more talking, some some crying. Mm -hmm. And so it's stay listening. You're just like there for them to dump their emotional cup. Mm. But then there's also play listening. And mm-hmm. play listening is like when they're having resistance, when they need to dump their mm-hmm. emotional cup, it's like, it's like, what would happen if I did this like a duck or whatever? Like, yes. I mean, it's just like, that's right. Yeah. Like, like you said, like if I'm going to try to convince Ruby to get dressed in the morning, which is like a whole thing. I don't know. She's five and a half. She wants to pretend she can't get dressed. We all know she can dress herself. She's been able to do it for years. Um, But like maybe tomorrow I'll ask her to do it like a duck inspired by you. Oh my God. I love that. And you have to let me know how it goes. I will. But like, how can we make this more fun? How can we make this more playful? Yeah. 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 So good. It doesn't have to be so heavy all the time. No. Okay. How did you become a voiceover artist? I mean, you obviously have the most incredible voice for it. So that part is... You, Thank you. That's a gift. But yeah. Yeah. Like how'd that happen? So it happened after I got divorced. Uh-huh. I got divorced 10 years ago and I was working five different jobs um, as a single person. So I was driving for Uber, driving for Lyft. I was a substitute teacher. I was a vegan chef Ooh. at a restaurant. You're vegan? Vegetarian 100% of the time. Uh-huh. Vegan like 90, okay. 85. I mean, I love pizza. I'm from New York, you okay. know, pizza and bagels. <laughs> So Uh, vegan, but with pizza. Yeah, vegan, but with pizza and bagels. And (laughs) so one of the ways that I love making money, I loved making money back then, was doing extra work as an actor. I only started doing voiceover artistry in the past three years. So after acting, so I love being in front of the camera. I grew up in front of the camera. I'm very comfortable in front of the camera. But then I found out about voiceover artistry, and I I didn't even know that that existed. I didn't know what I didn't know, right? So I found a voiceover teacher. I already had an agent at that time. And he said, well, you need a demo reel. So actually, this whole last year, all of 2022, I dedicated my time to doing my demo reel. So we picked like five different brands that I would have loved to work with. I even wrote a commercial for BMW. Like I, I even like wrote, just wanted to give my hand at writing a script in case someone needed me to like write a fun script for them so I can do script writing. Amazing. And then I brought that script to life and I love it. And I even narrated my own audiobook. Yeah. I narrated someone else's audiobook, and I just... I love taking words and saying, what can we do to actually put some feeling into it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I What started. do you think it is about you? Like your, you know, your incarnation mm-hmm. that's about like the voice and about the fifth chakra and like get like, what is that for you? Is this have to do with your astrology? Does it have to do like, have, have you thought about that? Like you're a very, I mean, this is all really tracking. It's fun. I think, I think it's all tracking. I, I think I silenced my, I mean, like, listen, I, I had a loud mouth at home. I got in trouble for talking a lot. Talking. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But at school, I really silenced myself. Oh. I was bullied a lot at school growing up. I mean, I was, I was incessantly teased, Kate. I mean, I, I kind of want to cry even thinking about yeah. it because kids were mean. They were mean because I was Indian. My name was Vasavi. They'd call me 
wasabi and all these different names and, you know, make fun of my dad saying that like, oh, he works at 7-Eleven and probably drives to work in a camel, like just a lot of inappropriate jokes to be making. And so I just, I needed to fit in. I mean, you have to survive when you're growing up, you know? So I just silenced myself a lot. But for some reason, I didn't let that really dull my spirit too much. But for me, it's really important. Anytime I meet someone, I just want to be the kind of person that you can tell me anything. I'm not going to flinch. I'm not going to sit there judging you because you can't tell me something that I have not done or I can I can outdo you. You know what I mean? Like nothing you say to me can ever make me feel like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. So I know what it's like to not stand up for yourself and not have anyone else stand up for you. So I don't ever want anyone to feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of parents who listen to this show. Yeah. If their kid is having kids bully them at school. Yeah. What like what would be helpful for you to pass along from that experience for them? Like how what what do you wish somebody had done for you? I can tell you what not to do and then I'm going to give okay, you a great. suggestion what to do. My mother, my mother, she is not a submissive Indian woman. She is she is the queen of saying it out loud. My mother is. But she would come into the school and go to the principal's office and then talk to my teacher and say find Vasavi friends. And then the teacher would say, who wants to play with Vasavi on the playground? And no one wanted to play. So don't, it was, yeah. that was a little embarrassing. Yeah. And then my mom would call the parents' kids and the kids' parents, yeah. I mean, it, it just didn't work out. I think what I wish I had more than anything was more affirmation at home. Like, I wish I felt safe at home. So even if I was going to get bullied at school, at least when I got home, I had a, I had a safe place to come home to where it wasn't like, dramatic because like the last thing I couldn't tell my mom all the time that I was getting bullied because then I was afraid she was going to make it worse and oftentimes she made it worse and I know that she was just being protective 100 percent but she went about it in a way that got me even more bullied so for me it really was if I had a place at home that felt cozy and warm and safe I think it wouldn't have been as bad okay yeah now your dad though yeah was really different in terms of his approach yeah. than your mom. And even just before we started recording, and I think you had mentioned something about this in the book, that like when you drive, you would hold hands with him. Mm-hmm. And like when I was on your podcast, you talked about like how generous he was in taking care of you when you had your period yes. growing up yes. and like so beautiful. So I wanna know more about your dad. My dad's name is Shanti. I am gonna cry a little bit because yeah. he has he has a condition called supranuclear palsy, which is like mm-hmm. atypical Parkinson's. So he's like he's such a well-spoken person, but now like his gait is all messed up, yeah. so he can't walk without assistance. He can't even speak. So like at least we used to get like a yes or no from him, but we don't get anything from him anymore. So it's kind of like it's like a long goodbye. Yeah. So it's like. It's just hard to like have this. I mean, he was my go-to for everything. I'd go to him for guy advice, business <laughs> advice, marriage advice, money advice. How do I handle this? We would talk politics. He would always, and he always had a solution. And he always said, leave people better than when they first met you. So that's, that's always my goal is like, I'm going to make sure you have the best time when you're around <laughs> me. I'm going to make sure that you feel so freaking loved and appreciated yeah. around me because that's what he did. I mean, he's a goddamn legend. That's wow, he so, sounds like it. He is the kindest man ever. And, you know, he came to this country and he had to start from the bottom again. And he just worked his way, you know, just like my mom did also. But he, I mean, he just, want, he's a girl dad. He's a hashtag girl dad and he loved the heck i mean he spoiled the hell out of my sister and i you know but he was just a kind gentle man and he just was well read you know we always used to read the new york times together and eat bagels together watch seinfeld together we did everything together so now it's like you know you lose a parent but they're still alive which i think is worse it's you know awful yeah yeah from yeah yeah from friends who have had that experience yeah yeah What a beautiful man. Yeah, he is. His name is Shanti. I mean, he was born right after the British left India. So they, born in 1948, the British left left India in 47. So they named him Shanti for peace. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. What a legacy he's leaving through you also. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, And like, because you are so good at putting words to things, like to be able to, you know, I mean, it's so sad to have him not be able mm-hmm. to speak anymore, but for you to be able to, yeah. you know, be speaking in your lineage in a yeah. very big way. I still show him stuff. He read some, he, he could read some of the book, but he uh-huh. gets tired very easily. We just yeah. spend a lot of time on FaceTime in silence. 
That's what really? we do. Well, I call him up. I mean, I'll, I, I, wow. so I'll call up my mom. She'll give him the phone. Uh-huh. We'll just stay on FaceTime and I'll just talk to him. And hopefully he's processing, but he's not, you know, it's hard for him to form his words. Yeah. So it's, yeah. But he's able to witness and be there and see you. Yeah. And yeah. Probably a lot more is going yeah. on. I just wish he could. I wonder if he can completely compute how, how good it's gotten for me because he has seen me in rehab not once but twice seen me you know do all sorts of stupid stuff you know what I mean and now like you know I I don't know if he knows like you know your daughter's okay now you know I I wonder if he knows that so I always want to share my good news with him and of course yeah I still do that yeah what do you believe about um what do you believe about like the soul and and our ability to know things like in our non-human form so I don't think my mom would like this answer (laughs) but I will tell you right now so as Hindus we're supposed to believe in reincarnation. Okay. That's one of our main tenets is that we're supposed to believe in reincarnation. I don't know and I don't care. But all I know is what is going on right now. Yeah. I don't feel like I have to believe in reincarnation to be a good Hindu. I don't want to even know. I just know what's happening right now. What happens to me after I die, that's just more of the mind needing to know and needing to control. That's for me. I don't personally care to know. I just know that I know what's going on right now. Yeah. That's for me personally. So oh, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anybody's belief system is, you know, is beautiful and yeah. obviously they're welcome to it, but there's something yeah. about that level of presence. Yeah. Cause it's like all we have anyway. And the rest of it is pretty yeah. much made up and literally I will never forget this. I was in high school and I was out to lunch with my mom and my best friend. And I don't, I, my best friend was like, Dr. Northrup, like, or, what do you think happens when we die? Or she just asked the table in general. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, well, I'll tell you what happens when you die. Da, da, da. And I was like, mom, like, you don't know. <laughs> Literally, we don't know. And I mean, I guess people who've had near-death experiences, yeah. there's a lot of commonalities in those mm-hmm. reports. So probably there's something to it. Yeah. But I'm like, we don't know. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Okay. You talked so much about the difference between thinking and feeling. And you said thinking exhausts you. Feeling expands you. Yeah. Could you expand upon that? Yes. I love that line so much. I'm so glad yeah. that you love that. No, it, it's exhausting to be up in your head all the time. I mean, I've spent a lot of time up in my brain, but when I feel, I feel like my cells come alive. Like, and I don't care what the feeling is. I just want to feel. It doesn't matter if it's happiness, sadness, something in between. If it's anger, I know that I'm alive when I'm feeling. But when I spend a lot of time thinking, I feel quite numb. Mm. I feel I, it's hard for me to really feel and think at the same time. I, it's, I, it, I don't want to say I do either or, but I'd rather spend more time feeling and then use my brain to execute. Okay. So, so do the thinking after the do feeling. Do the thinking after. So I have to feel first. What do I want to eat? What do I feel like wearing? What kind of vibe am I going for? And then I use my brain to execute that. And what are your, this maybe sounds like a silly question, no. but like, what are your strategies for feeling? especially for folks like that just don't have that particular toolkit yet. I would say that I I breathe a lot. I do mm-hmm. a lot of intentional breathing and I also ask myself the question. So I know that may seem like a thinking strategy, but I'll actually ask myself, what am I feeling? Yeah. And then I'll stop and then I'll say, where in my body am I feeling this? And I'll put my hand wherever I feel it. Mm-hmm. What is this part of your body saying to you? So I let my body parts speak to me. Yeah. So that's how I feel. And was that a methodology you learned from someone or did you just kind of find yourself there? I just talked to myself, Kate. I just, just talked to I just talked to myself. What's been one of your favorite other than or in addition to that maybe you added on the saying it out loud? What's one of your favorite modalities, like one of your favorite healing modalities that you've incorporated in your life that has made have really moved the needle for you and really made the biggest difference? I really like physical touch. I know that a lot of times when we're like I because I'm not lacking it right now because I shared, you know, I haven't had sex since August. Mm-hmm. Now that everyone knows that. Hello. <laughs> well, we don't know when this episode is going to come out. So I just want to say, like, it's not been as long as you think because yeah, you're no. listening to this episode. Like, after Hopefully the she would have had sex by then. I'm going to just cast the net that like cast the vision that that will have come to pass by the time this episode goes. I, you will be the first to know. Vasavi Second is to getting know. late. The end. <laughs> I don't know. You're going to get a DM for me, Kate. Right. I can't wait to hear it. But I've been doing a lot of caressing of myself mm. just because I'm missing that mm-hmm. right now. You know, I can always, 
you know, stroke my dog. I, yeah. you know, I have a beautiful golden retriever, but I, I touch myself a lot. Yeah. I feel myself a lot because so when I'm thinking, I feel very disembodied. <sighs> you gotta I just like be touch myself. in yeah. your body. Yeah, I was doing that on and the plane it today. It is yeah. so powerful how we have those proprioceptors and we have these nerve endings. And it is amazing how much of a, sh a state shift we can bring to ourselves yes, and how much of the nervous system can be impacted yeah. through that. Yeah. I think we really take it for granted and, and, and um, something I think you are just such a beautiful living example of is like the power we do have for healing with everything we have right now, with our voice. Yeah with our physical bodies. Yeah. So beautiful. We could use all of our senses. We can use all of our senses. senses. Okay. So you just mentioned that, you know, you, you want to make sure that your dad knows like how good it is for you now. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about how good it is for you now. So one of the things that you had shared with me is this incredible sunrise that you were experiencing at your condo in Mexico yeah. and that this had been a dream of yours. Mm -hmm. How did this dream come to pass? I want to know more about your real estate empire that is uh, growing. Oh, uh, thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> yes, say it out loud. Empire. I'm yes. here for that. So I've been going to Playa del Carmen for years and I was there in August of 2020. And as I was just cruising around, it just kept saying for rent, for rent, for rent. And I was like, why can't I buy a place here? It was the first question. I said, why can't I buy a place here? And I said, well, let's see. So while I'm- And this is, you are driving and you are saying this out loud. Yes, I, I, was, right. I was- Just to be clear, yeah, folks, I was this, this is loud. like how yeah. Basavi yeah. operates. So I saw all these four driving, rise signs. talking. Driving, talking out loud. Right. And I'm seeing all these high rises. And I was like, well, why can't I have a place here? And so I said, well, let's find out. Hmm. I went on Facebook. I look up Playa del Carmen Realtors. Y'all, this is how easy it was for me. It, was, it wasn't easy, it was simple. I went to Facebook, I looked up Playa del Carmen Realtors. I said, hello, my name is Vasavi. I'm interested in finding a condominium. The first person who wrote me back was a woman named Sophie. And I was like, okay, cool, Sophie, we're in business, let's go. And then literally <laughs> we met the next day yeah. and I said, don't show me more than seven properties because then I'm gonna get confused. And she showed me seven. And the one that I picked, I picked it because it was a block from the ocean. Nice. It was at the very end of Fifth Avenue, which is the party street. So I didn't want it right in the middle of the party hub yeah. and all that. I got it for 128000 in yeah. full transparency. And I was able to negotiate like two payments with mm -hmm. them. Now, I did not have that cash on hand. So when I came back home, I tried to get a loan. Mm -hmm. Did not get a loan. Then I called the bank of my mother mm -hmm. and I said, mom, I really want to get this. I go, I, I, I want this to be mine yeah. um, because the house that I have in Austin was a gift mm -hmm. to me. My mother bought that house mm -hmm. for me because she's like, you're not having kids. You're never going to ask me to be a grandmother. I want to give this to you. So she got me that house mm -hmm. and I said, I really want something that's mine. I said, can you let me borrow mm -hmm. the money? And my mother, who is one of the most controlling people in the world, and she will admit this, that she likes to have full control over yeah. things. She hadn't seen the place. She hadn't, you know, she didn't know anything about Mexico real estate. And she goes, okay. She goes, okay. She goes, like, give me all the information. I gave her all the information. I let her know what the process was like. I got a lawyer in Mexico, did all the things. She let me borrow the money. I've paid her back two thirds of it already. Mm -hmm. But it has, I mean, I mean, that's how it all started. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I didn't have the money from a bank. Yeah. I didn't have it on hand. I asked her. So once again, saying it out loud, instead of just giving up, you yeah. know, I asked her, even though every part of me, Kate, was like, don't ask your mother. Don't really? Ask. Yeah. Tell me I, more about that. I had so much pride around that. I had so much pride around the fact that I had to ask my mother. what were you making it mean? I made it mean that it wasn't, I wasn't successful on my own, that I needed help, that I was a little brat that my mom was, no, no, yeah, like all the stuff like, oh, I'm spoiled or that, you know, like, oh, I didn't earn it on my own. It, it wasn't hard enough. That's what it, it was. It wasn't hard it enough. It wasn't hard enough. And you know what you said, which I love, yeah. is like that if we say the things out loud that yeah. we're afraid other people will say, yeah. we take our power back. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it right now. So yeah. good. It's so good. It's so true. Yeah. It's like just dissolves the whole thing. It's yeah. like, what? This is here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, that it wasn't hard enough because we have been conditioned to believe yeah. that if something isn't hard, it doesn't, it's not worthwhile, yeah. right? Wasn't hard enough. And I got to tell you, the relationship that I have with my mom is 
so much better. We've built back trust. I've, I pay her back timely every right. single month. See? And what it, a beautiful opportunity for you. And you know what she said to me? She said this just three days ago. She goes, you're one of the most honest people I know. She goes, you have such a high level of integrity. She goes, I don't worry that you're going to not pay me back. She goes, I know what kind of integrity you have. That for me is more than enough for me. Like the, like the fact that I still owe her like maybe like $75,000. Uh-huh. Like that's it. It's not a lot of money for me no. to pay her back. But the fact like those words right there, it was worth it for me. And you would not, you would have robbed yourself of that opportunity and her. to hear and her and her to be able to pass that along yeah. and the healing available in that. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and then you also rent it out, so it's an asset. Yeah, it's that a, you you Airbnb it. Yeah, so I Airbnb it. Okay. So also, I had to hire a property manager. That okay. was a whole process because this is your baby, and you want someone who's going to manage so, it. Yeah, you got to yeah. So I actually just switched property managers. I'm really happy about it. And it was a lot of interviewing. Everything was done in Spanish. So I... You speak Spanish? Uh, I use the hell out of Google Translate. Okay, great. And I'm really good at Google <laughs> awesome. Translate. And, and you know, I, I also took a little Spanish in high school uh-huh. and middle school. So, I mean, I love the people of Mexico, yeah. Playa del Carmen. I mean, I've had a great experience yeah. there. And I just want to say to anyone listening, like, it's not a far-fetched idea. Right. You, you can get property internationally. Like yeah. people get so scared about doing stuff outside of the U.S. And I'm like, no, I mean, it's happening. People right. are doing it. You know, yeah. like you can you can do this. That's great. Yeah. How what, what would you say if somebody and this is like the somebody is me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> so is like wanting to possibly get an Airbnb property and start building that out. What are some like do's and don'ts from, I know you're just Mm -hmm. getting started, but like, what did you learn along the way that maybe you wish you had done differently? Or what would you for sure do the same again? Whether it was, I mean, it doesn't have to be an international property, but that's been your experience. To be honest, I, I wouldn't do anything differently. I'm really happy with how I went about it. I got the help. I didn't try to bootstrap it on my own. I said, let me find someone who knows the area. Sophie and I still keep in touch. I give her referrals all the time for people who want to buy property in Playa del Carmen. I got the help. I took my time finding a property manager. I refused to be rushed and sold to. Mm-hmm. So that was another thing. I, I I was in Mexico last December when the property was actually given to me and delivered. I had nine days to choose a property manager. I did not choose a property manager until the day before I was leaving. I said, okay. I'm not going to make this yeah. haphazardly, you know. So just take your, take time, your time with time, it yeah. and ask all the questions. And I have a group text with the rest of my condo owners. I know two other condo owners who are in Texas, so Mm -hmm. we're the condo queens. And we have a little group text going, and we're always kind of giving each other tips and stuff. So just you can build community wherever. Like, you're not the only one doing it. you got to find your people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 With your acting, have you built much community with that? Because you live in tech, you live in Austin. You're not like in the acting capital of the world. No. So how are you going out and getting jobs from Austin? What's happening there? I'm curious. So I have an agent in Austin. I'm signed with Acclaim Talent. They're Mm -hmm. wonderful. Jason is my agent. And I just shot two big commercials. Congratulations. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, cool. I, I mean, it, uh, we had a we had a 13 hour workday on Ooh. Saturday. It's the it's the oh, Nelly. It's the it's the I mean, I was up at 445 yeah. in the morning. I mean, we we had to be on set at 645. Weren't wasn't done by 545. It's the best time ever. And it's a lot. Acting is just a lot of sitting and waiting to yeah. be to be called yeah. on set by the director. <laughs> but I always meet other actors every time I'm on set. And then we always keep in touch. We follow so each other. That community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a really interesting blend. Like, I think that folks tell themselves yeah. that they can't do all the things that they want to do. Yeah. And you're out here investing in real estate, writing books, Thank being you. a coach, being a podcast host, mm-hmm. being a public speaker, yeah. being a voiceover artist, being an actor. Yeah. Did I miss anything? Did you miss anything? Also, licensed therapist in the also, state of Texas. Oh, yeah, hello. Licensed therapist yeah, that's in the state one. of Texas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's about it. I mean. Oh, oh, my God. Also, wedding officiant. I I do that on the weekends. A lot? I do. I mean, especially in the summer, but now it's going to be wedding season because it's cooled down in Texas. So like, yes. Yeah. At least like three or four weddings a month. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. How do people find you? So I'm actually. This is amazing. I'm enlisted. I'm enlisted (laughs) through Texas Wedding Ministers. Uh And so whenever people want a female or they want a South Asian wedding officiant, they'll just Google and I just come up. And I'll tell you, oh, go ahead. No, tell me more. I was going to say, I mean, I I wanted people to know this, like, this is very well thought out, right? Like all the things that I do 
and I get paid for are all the different parts of me. Like, yes. Yes, I'm single and I'm a hopeful romantic. So I love being in the presence of love and I get to I get to curate that. Like I am the, the after the bride and groom, I'm the most important person there. Yeah. So for me to be able to like see love four times a month and watching two people, like it keeps my fire going. Oh. And with the acting and voiceover, that's a playful childlike part of me yeah. because I I've gone through a lot that could have really made me pretty jaded. Okay and just kind of shut down, but I keep myself playful. You gotta be playful when you're acting and doing voiceover work and all the other stuff is what I do. And I've been doing that. I kind of moved away from the therapy and the, mm -hmm. I love my coaching and I love doing groups, but all this other stuff that you've mentioned, these are like the, these newer things that I've been tapping into, newer parts of me. So in our industry, whatever that mm -hmm. like a personal development yeah. that we thing we do, yeah. um, like there's some, you know, marketing wisdom out there mm -hmm. that says you got to really focus mm -hmm. and like niche down yeah. and, you know, otherwise you're not going to be successful. And um, what do you think about that? I don't, I can't, <laughs> I cannot do it. I just, I, listen, I, I just have um, signed a new client who's like, he's 25. He found me on the small podcast. Like when I was on my book tour, I'm taking him on as a client. He's very artistic. So it's like my clients range from like 25 to like 55 from like male to female anywhere in between and it's like why why do i have to do that i'm so dynamic yeah. why do i have to niche myself down so that my marketing feels like it's talking to one person when i myself am not one person yeah. i have i'm multifaceted mm -hmm. so i mean i have people who want to come to me to learn how did you become a voiceover artist yes. so i walk them through that so i'll do like little consulting there you know so for me it's just like if i can share what I do in these different parts with me, with people that I'm helping different types of people who want to do different types of things. And it's I'm fine with so that. So cool. Yeah. It is so cool. I don't know that I know that many people who like just give themselves permission. Thanks. To explore the variety of their passions in that way. Thank you. I can't believe you just threw in that you like do four to five weddings a month. Yeah. What? Yeah. I have one. Next and week. all kinds yeah. of faiths. All kinds of faith. Yeah. yeah whatever I, they need. Yeah. Here. I mean, yeah, pretty. Uh, yeah, actually, pretty actually, people really like working with me because I'm not like you know strictly Catholic or right, because I'm exactly. not. Yeah, so yeah, you're available for yeah, whatever. all of it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's so fun. Yeah, what a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's I a love lot of fun that about you, and that's also it's such a beautiful way to you know one of the things I talk about a lot is when we there's something we want, we need to get around people who have it. Yeah, to rewire ourselves about possibility, and so yeah. I love that you're doing that with your wedding. Thanks. That is really smart. Yeah, I just, I I didn't want my love for love to die down simply because I didn't have that in my life. Mm -hmm. So I just strategically put myself yeah. in those situations. It's freaking yeah. brilliant. And and then it shows me it's possible. It's real, it's real, it's real. You know, you can have that yeah. too, Vasavi. You can, and I see all these wedding venues and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get married. Yeah, yeah. And, oh my yeah. God, you've definitely like done the research. Yes. So you'll know, yeah. like, you, yeah, wow. You've been in more of weddings than yeah. anyone. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay, so the show is called Plenty. Mm -hmm. And it's a, really about expanding into a feeling that there's enough. Mm -hmm. You know, time, money, energy, all of that stuff. I think that your career and the way you live your life is such a living example mm -hmm. of plenty. Yeah. And I want to know as we wrap up, what does plenty mean for you in your life right now? You know, I have this post-it on my mirror that says, I am already enhanced. Okay, so hear me out. I, I'm already enhanced. I've always felt like I needed to do more to be more. And then I actually had my neighbor, her name is Ellie, shout out to Ellie. Ellie was like, boss, you don't need to do more. She's 22 and the wisest ever. She's like, my, she's my neighbor, my BFF, love her. We go on hot girl walks. And now in the winter, we're going on chilly girl walks. And she, I want to give her credit because she said to me, you are already enhanced. Like mm. you don't have to do the most to be the most. I used to pride myself on doing the most. I mean, and I just, I'm like, you know, for me, plenty means like, Voss, you are plenty already. Like you are more than enough already. You have plenty inside of you. You don't need to keep searching. You got to just turn inwards and bring it outwards. So that's what that means for me. Wow. Yeah. I am already enhanced. I'm already enhanced. I love that. Yeah, take it. That is like, that's so good. Yeah. It's like it has slightly different meaning in Miami, but yeah. So many <laughs> yeah. procedures you can do, but yeah. I'm already enhanced, so I don't need them. Yeah. I love oh, it. Yes. <laughs> okay, now I'm, I'm like, wait. Oh, okay. Like, what are you about? 
Oh my God. This yeah. has been great. Thank you. I just love learning more about you. Thank you. You are just a delight. Thank you for Thank being you so here. Much. So if people want to connect with you, where should they go? You can find me on Instagram. Send me a voice note. Let me know that you love this episode. My handle is my name is Vasavi. I have a free audio training over on my website at vasavikumar.com. How to get through anything. It's my version of the 12 steps. Love it. Yeah. So you can go through anything in life and I walk you through this 12 step audio meditation talk that's just going to help you just talk, you know talk you off the ledge a little bit awesome. you know we all need that sometimes so that's at vasavikumar.com we really do need that sometimes yeah. okay and of course all the links will be in the show notes of course thanks for being here today thank you for having me thank you so much for tuning into this episode of plenty i learned a lot isn't vasavi amazing like oh i just loved it so get her book say it out loud Go and talk to yourself. I'm telling you, I thought it was weird at first, but it has really made a difference for me to be able to witness my bullshit, to be able to just witness my brilliance, to be able to sort through the things, and at the very least, start every morning by saying thank you out loud with volume. And <laughs> of course, if you like this episode, please share it with a friend, text it to somebody, screenshot it, tell us what you liked, tag us on social. Subscribe if you love the show, and I cannot wait to have you back for next time. Thanks for being here. Woohoo! You made it to the end of an episode of Plenty. Don't you feel expanded already? So if you liked this episode, go ahead and leave us a review. Subscribe to the podcast, text a friend, and let them know they need to listen in. That helps us spread the word so more people can experience plenty together. And if you want to ease your path to creating wealth, I created a money breakthrough guide for you where I interviewed over 20 of my high-earning women friends, and I asked them what their biggest money breakthrough guide was, and the responses were so mind-blowing and helpful I knew I needed to pass them along to you. This is the kind of thing that is often only shared behind closed doors, but now you can access it totally for free. So head over to katenorthrup.com forward slash breakthroughs and get the guide. Again, that's katenorthrup.com forward slash breakthroughs. And I'll see you next time for plenty.